Today on Locked On Red Wings, Alex Dabrinkit is a Red Wing. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J. You know what? Screw that. We, we, you guys know who we are at this point. <laughs> Alex Debrinkit is a Detroit Red Wing. And Scotty, we had a hell of a ride getting to this point, not just because of the weeks of reporting and the days on end of the same reporting coming out, but then ourselves on Sunday uh, had a hell of a time. I mean, we recorded early uh, talking about Shane Ghostis Bear. Uh, so just so you guys know, Tuesday's episode is what Monday's episode was going to be. So when you hear us early on Tuesday's episode, talking about the fact that the Debrinket trade hasn't happened yet, that's because we recorded that early Sunday because Scotty had to cover the MLB draft, which also happened on Sunday and cover the Tigers game. So we were like, please don't have this trade happen. Please don't have this. Well, then the trade happened and we're sitting here. And, I, you know, we're waiting for Scotty to, you know, wrap up so we could get on here and record been on camera for the last six hours. He's been on straight. camera for the last six <laughs> hours straight, busting ass, talking about how the Tigers went under slot at three <laughs> and then went over slot at 37, whatever that means in baseball terms. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting for, you know, us to be ready. I've done all the stuff. I moved everything to Tuesday. My power goes out. My power straight up goes out for literally what? Two hours, if not more. And then. We had a deal. We said, if the power doesn't come on by 1130, we'll just record Monday and publish it as soon as it, you know, uh, as soon as I get home from work. We'll record and publish it. 1115, the power comes back on. So here we are, 1130 at night, recording our Alex Debrinkit is a Red Wing reaction. (laughs) Scotty, I'm I'm really pumped. I'm super happy, just mainly because I love the trade. I love the the contract. Um, I love big picture. But honestly, my reaction when the trade happened wasn't like a Whoa, like you did during the cold. It open. was thank fudge, dude. That's Finally. what it was. <laughs> Golly, I mean, like I'm. I, this is this is huge. Like th- this is obviously the the biggest move of the offseason. It's not even relatively close. Um, this completely changes the outlook of not only the offseason but of this upcoming season. Uh, I mean, this is what was the biggest need this entire off season. We Goal sat scoring. here a billion times it, starting back in April, starting back in, in like February, like during the season, we were like, oh, this off season, this team needs a goal score. Right. Mm-hmm. And finally now on July 9th, in the middle of the busiest work day, literally of my life, Alex DeBrinkett, two-time 40-goal scorer before the age of 25, is now a Detroit Red Wing. It's really rude of Eiserman to overshadow the Tigers like that, too. Like, this is the Tigers' day, you know? After the Tigers that lead. don't deserve to have a day. They lost the game that was played, and they haven't gone 500 since before I could drive a car. So, uh, like, that's okay. <laughs> that was like a year I'm ago. I'm really though. all right with that. Um, But, yeah, so it's a reaction, obviously, for me was like – and it's so funny. I was talking to Kenny, who is – my you know my buddy from the ticket and he called me and he's like all hype because he was of the mindset like he was like i'm not gonna let myself get too excited over this until it happens like he didn't want to get himself hurt i was of the mindset like it's happened like the trade is already accepted the only reason we haven't heard it yet is because they're doing a contract extension so like 
the last three days, all we've heard is a contract talk, contract talk. I was like, just get it over with. So when it finally happened, my reaction was, ah, shit. You know, like, it, of course it would happen <laughs> on when Scott, Scott, on Scotty's busiest day. And I was like, are we going to be able to do this? And here we are. Thank God we could make it work. And I'm really happy to bring it as a Detroit Red Wings. Scotty, let's go over the details of the trade of the Red Wings acquiring their biggest need, which is a goal scorer. Um, Alex Dabrinkit obviously goes to Detroit. Uh, first things first, he signs a four-year, 7.85 annual contract with the Detroit Red Wings. So for the next four years until the end of his, uh, until the end of his age 29 season, he is a Detroit Red Wing. One, evolving hockey's predictive models are insane because they have, if you pay for like their premium tier uh, subscription model, they can offer you contract projections. This is exactly the amount of money yeah. that they had projected for Debrinket for four years. Quite so literally. It's like a Steve Eisman. I think this is incredible because Eisman hates giving out term. We know this. He only gave Larkin eight years because Larkin is the captain. Larkin is the rock of this organization. He, I thought Debrinket would get like six. I thought they'd meet somewhere in the middle. But to get Debrinket at four years, I mean, I talk, we talked about this with JT Comfort. We talked about this with Justin Hall. Steve Eisman does such a great job of signing these guys to short-term deals to provide the Red Wings with consistent rolling cap that just is so important and vital towards the longevity of this team's success. Because, again, he's building for long-term success, not short-term success. To bring it for four years means in four years, that 7.85 comes off the books. If he doesn't pan out, then it's just off the books. You have that extra money to spend with the cap going up. If it does work out, then he can get the bag. You can extend him. Who cares? He worked out. You give him the money. It's just like it's so it's so good the way it does it. And it's having coming in at under eight million dollars. Like that's another thing. I didn't think it'd be le- I thought it would be more than four years. I thought it'd be more than eight million dollars. I think I didn't think it'd be more than Larkin annually, but just the for it to come in at under eight million. I mean, it's just insane value. I know it's exactly what evolving hockey projected, but like for me, I'm looking at that number and I go, wow, that is great val- val- value for a guy who, yeah, maybe had a bit of a down year with Ottawa, but has scored 41 goals twice in his career. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and to your point, like this is very much a, a situation where if obviously if he underperforms, then he underperforms, whatever. And, and in four years, you know, it's, it's not a long, long term commitment. It's it's the next four years and he's done still before the age of 30, which like the odds of him being uh, <laughs> like not not super productive and not what the wings need uh, in his like, quote unquote, like assumed prime years, I think is pretty few and far between. But also the you said something important there which was like if he does work out that doesn't mean that he's walking four years from now the cap is going to go up at least twice in that four-year span it's going to be like Uh, 10 million dollars higher by the time his right like the the cap's going to go up significantly by then a uh and b he will still only be 29 there's nothing that says the wings can't just be okay this dude you know just scored whatever 30 40 pick a number i don't really care goals for us at 29 years old and okay now we have an opportunity let's let's uh let's go slap four more years at, t- at the end of it and i'm imagine he'll still be fine with that you know take him to his mid-30s then like th- there's there's it's really really difficult for me to find anything like alarmingly wrong with any part of this happening the red wings well, got got their 40 goal score 40 not 30 I sound like LeBron. Well, not like, one, let's, not two, let's talk not three, not 40. the floor. 
The floor right. for coming, him is like 30 goals. Right. He's he's multiple time 40 goal score before the age of 25. Okay. So like you got a 40 goal score. On top of that, you got terms that are are I don't want to call them like team friendly to make it sound like Debrinket like isn't getting paid. Like, I mean, he this is still one of the you know bigger contracts. I, I think um I'm trying to think of who tweeted it out. Somebody tweeted out it was like just under 10% of the cap. So of like the, the team's cap percentage, you know what I mean? So like, it's not like he's, he's getting nothing, right? I think it was Prashant. And probably so, right. Yeah. Usually. Is. And uh, that, that's the dog right there, man. <laughs> Golly. Um, and then when you, I mean, we'll get to it, but like, then when you talk about the trade itself, is anyone losing sleep over what we got rid of to go get like a 40 goal score. I don't think so. This is a, this is a massive thing. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the, the impact and, and the, of not only, you know, like reevaluating the off season, knowing this, but also looking ahead and like what to expect out of this season. But if we're just talking about on Sunday, what happened and what the wings brought in and what they had to give up, whether it was financially or in assets to make it happen. There's no way this isn't a massive win. Well, and without getting, I don't want to talk about the, what the Red Wings gave up yet until segment two, but you know, the Red Wings still have after having terminated Zena's contract, which was nearly $2 million a year and having uh, traded away Kuba leaks contract, which is two and a half, you know, four and a half for this next season coming up, like, you're offsetting almost four and a half million dollars of that first 7.85. Everything still have over $8 million in cap space. So even after the acquisition of the pure goal scorer and having signed 10 guys, I mean, some of which you were bringing back, but like the Red Wings still have $8 million in cap. Like they still have room to work. And it's just incredible work by Steve Eiserman. Um, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Red Wings give gave up in this trade. uh, And then we'll talk about bigger picture stuff. You know how we how this changes the outlook of the offseason, how this changes the outlook of the season coming up. And I just want to get some things off my chest about some things thing people are saying about to bring it on the negative side, uh, because it's driving me up a wall. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, first, I gotta talk to you guys today about FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you bet, uh, you can get paid instantly. Oh, by the way, uh, if you would have been really wise to take Riley Green on Sunday for first home run. I love that man. Uh, the Tigers don't have a lot to root for right now, but he is one of them. Same with, honestly, Manning and Scooble have been so good. Young guys at least have been fun for the Tigers for and the most part. Max Clark's a ball player, man. Like, I, I'll obviously, that's my show, not this show, but, like, it's a dang good ball player. So after you listen to this ad read and you check out the odds on FanDuel Sportsbook, go listen to Locked On Tigers for uh, first reaction to well, the combined no-hitter. The first, then they go listen to Locked On Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the show. Well, they're not going to tune out <laughs> to the Brinkett episode. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Scott, this has been an exciting weekend for us. Combined no-hitter, MLB draft, the Brinkett is a Red Wing. Man, that's one word to describe it. I I think exhausting is is my (laughs) 
Joe, I'm gonna sleep like a baby in in an Scotty's hour. just tired. He just wants to go to bed. Literally, yeah, <laughs> very tired. But we're hey, the brinket's here, baby. I got all the energy in the world for Alex the brinket. Let me tell you. So let's take a moment to break down what the Red Wings gave up in this trade before we get back to Debrinket yeah. himself. Um, honestly, I when I heard the Red Wings were giving up two picks and two players, I got a little nervous. I was like, oh no. Did Eisman finally have a trade where he gave up fair value or worse? And nope, it, it, classic Eisman yeah. fleece. So they gave up Dominic Kubalik, who does stink. I mean, he was, I think he had the second most amount of points on the team last year or third. Yeah. He was... Your second most goal scored, I believe, at least. He had, I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank right now. No, but he, he was had, up there in points. He was, I think, third on the team in goals. He had a 20-goal season. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty decent season, all things considered. But he only had one year left on that contract, $2.5 million. Um, it was a nice bounce-back season, given oh. what he finished off with Chicago. But he wasn't part of the team long-term. And honestly, Alex right. Debrinkit is just a better version of Dominic Kubali. This- like, they fill the same role. No, I, I love Dominic Kubelik. That, love that was my favorite acquisition of last offseason. Like, that is, that, that's the dog, okay? Like, I, I truly do love him. But in, in terms of this trade, um, that, that's, yeah. That, like, you're, you're at the end of the day, like, if, if you're looking optically at, like, where both of those guys fall in the lineup, you're talking about bringing in a first-line 40-goal scorer and, like, Kubelik is, is, would be, have been a bottom six forward that would have scored you know somewhere in the teens and goals this year like it one year left and even just looking at last season right he scored you know almost all of his goals 80 percent of his goals in the first six weeks of the season and then that was pretty much it the rest of the year so yeah that's uh that's definitely that and the fourth round pick are um uh the i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but like the the, that and the fourth round pick are are uh, I guess easier to part ways with than uh, as far as asset management goes than yeah, he was, you know the first rounder. Third in goals, third on the team in total points as well, tied with Lucas Raymond at 45. So I was close, not quite, but I was close. Yeah. Uh, so like losing him does kind of sting, but like again, he wasn't part of the long-term goal. He was going to walk in another year anyways. I doubt the Red Wings would have re-signed him. And again, Debrinket is just an upgrade over him. Um, Donovan Sobrango, he is a solid defensive d- defenseman prospect. Um, I think he does have a future in the NHL, but nothing higher than like a depth defenseman. Um, and he was like our fourth or fifth best defensive prospect. I mean, he's behind Edvinson, Wallander, Johansson, guys like that in, on the depth charts already. So losing him was, I mean, I, I can live with it. I'm not upset at that whatsoever because, you know, people were talking online and everyone was speculating like Berggren, Soderblom, Mazur, Rasmussen, Valeno, like one of those types of guys. Guys who are solid prospects or guys who have like solid NHL futures. Kubelik is an NHL player, but like I said, again, he does what Debrinket does, but just not as good. Sobrango might have an NHL future. Sobrango struggled uh, this year in his, and you know, we've talked about it. Development isn't linear for anyone. Um, is he could still be an NHL caliber guy, but he struggled and got demoted to the Toledo walleye to get his game right. And, you know, I, so I'm not tore up over losing him, so to speak. No, well, and he goes home to Ottawa and he, cause he's not Ottawa right. native, like how to bring it comes back home to Detroit. No, it, it, this is a, uh, I actually, I still like Sobrango. I know a lot of people kind of soured on him this year. I still like him as a prospect. Um, 
one to, bad to year a, is not enough to make me sour on a prospect because it happens. No, for sure. I, I I agree. I'm not I'm not saying I, I was rebuttaling, you know, you specifically, just kind of the general public. But um the fact of the matter is when you're talking about the two players that the wings gave up, you again, we don't have to re-talk about how good to bring it is. You're bringing in to bring it, and the two players you gave up. Well, I mean, just the whole thing, really. You can talk about the picks, too. You, you you gave up a first. We'll talk about that in a second. You gave up a fourth rounder, two players. Those two players, one was a depth forward that was not a long-term piece on this team. It was not going to be on this team after this upcoming season. And the other was a prospect that I still think has an NHL future. But, like, that's not debatable. A, like, and that's, not even a high ceiling as an NHL future. Right. Like, that's – well, you can argue ceiling to your blue in the face, too. The fact of the matter is, like, he just – it's it's not a guaranteed NHL future. I yeah. I still like Sabrango. I still think he's gonna he he has the ability to be a solid prospect. But like the the fact that your young core this is like the biggest thing. The fact that all of your top prospects, all of the the people that have pr- been promoted from prospect status, right? The Bergrins, the Valenos, et cetera, et cetera, go down the line of the world, right? At the NHL roster, you kept everyone. You kept. All of the young core. If you, we, we had a whole episode where we just talked about who are the potential play, who is either part of the core right now or who has the potential to be part of the core. At no point did either of these names get mentioned one time in yes. any of those conversations. You know what I mean? Like you kept literally every single like long term, this dude, we want to see what we have, or e- even down to like, lower percent chance on him but like you know we'll see like you did not get rid of a single asset outside of the first rounder obviously that was a guaranteed part of this team's future core and let's talk too about the i mean first of all 2024 fourth round pick whatever yeah the fourth rounder i don't could not care less about especially because you have two fourth rounders in the next draft anyways you have dallas's as well right so we can talk about the conditional first that you gave up The Detroit Red Wings gave up a conditional first-round pick, but the condition on that first-round pick, Scotty, is the Red Wings get to choose which ones they give, which one they give out. Right. And so, and okay, so the Boston Bruins one is a top ten protected conditional pick. If it's a top ten pick, which it most likely won't, but if it's a top ten pick, the Boston Bruins have the choice to then give the Detroit Red Wings the 2025 first-round pick, which means that if that situation were to arise, the Red Wings would then have the choice of giving them either the 2025 Boston first round pick or their 2024 first round pick. The Red Wings are going to have the better of the first round pick, no matter what the condition is basically the Red Wings are going to have the better first round pick. So whether it be Boston or Detroit, it's like a swap. Yeah. (laughs) Like Ottawa is going to be getting the worst of whatever to that, whichever one is the worst one. Like that is (laughs) that. Yes. Thank you. You got a 40 goal score for depth forward fourth round pick the worst of two first round picks and a decent prospect that some people think have has an NHL future and some people don't. So there's zero, zero question about who the winner of this trade is as far as asset management goes. So let me water this down even more. You still have a pick in every single round in 2024, right? You still have all of your best prospects and all of your core pieces. And even the even the young players that we're like, oh, let's wait and see on, right? Like, like we if you would have asked 
a uh, hundred Red Wings fans what it, uh, what players would have been given up for DeBrinket. I bet you over fifty percent would have said Jonathan Bergeron was in that trade. I I would have. Uh, or Joe I, I would have. I would have bet. I would have gone to FanDuel and placed uh, my mortgage nice. on over fifty percent of those people that you interview say that that Berger is part of that trade. So it's like it's not even just the prospects or just like the top end talent on your NHL roster that obviously was never happening. You kept all of the oh let's wait and see guys too. Like you kept all of the young like like oh you know let's give Valeno another year and see what we got. Oh let's see if Bergeron can take another step forward. He's never going to be like an elite you know like 30 40 goal scorer. But let's see what we got in him. Like you kept everyone. You literally kept everyone. Uh, we're taking another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what this means for the Red Wings offseason and uh, the season coming up. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, so, Scotty, I think it was a week, a week, week and a half ago, uh, after I think it was after the draft and they kept their picks, I was like, what are we doing? What's the direction? I don't know anymore. Then the Red Wings signed like 10 guys. I was like, what are we doing? What's the direction? I don't know anymore because it seemed like they just clashed so hard. Yeah, One felt like a team that was still rebuilding. I even said we're not out of the asset lo- allocation phase. And for once, I believed the word that came out of that man's mouth. He's such a freaking liar. I don't know why I believe anything that he says. And I mean that lovingly. That the in a good thing way. I said. <laughs> you went on a rampage and I went, Steve Eiserman is a liar, bro. Yeah, uh, <laughs> clearly. And then he still, you know, signs all these guys. I'm like, this is winner mentality. Why is he winning, signing all these guys, you know, right now? If he, you know, you're in asset allocation phase. Um, but now with the acquisition of DeBrinket, and I may have said this on an episode when it sounded like this was becoming reality, that it turns everything on its head. Everything makes sense. It feels like it's the final piece clicking into place. Not trying to say it's the final, final piece, and the Red Wings are Stanley Cup contenders now but it feels like the piece that makes this offseason make sense. It takes this offseason from like a C plus to me to an A plus immediately because now you had got to use all your draft picks. You had to use all three of your seconds. I know you traded back a little bit for the one. You used your 9th and 17th pick. You signed a bunch of guys to fill out your depth, your so your middle six and your bottom two pairs, and you addressed your biggest need in goal scoring by getting Alex to bring it like Steve Eisman. This offseason has addressed every single need that has stared the Detroit Red Wings in the face. This, this offseason. my only thing that I still think that this team's going to need to address in the future is goaltending. And I'm not saying like Huso and Reimer and or lion can't hold down the fort, but long-term I don't think any of these guys are necessarily the solution. But I mean, that's- there's- Fine. More than that. I mean, like there's defensive depth that yeah. needs to prove itself. There's, and, and I they, mean, there's still scoring, you know, depth scoring that yeah. needs, like there's still, you know, before we start talking about like hoisting Lord Stanley, exactly. like there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of holes that this team needs to, you know, between the margins that this team needs to improve on. But um, he addressed them all to some correct. degree this off season, this team as a whole roster wise is a ton better than it was at the end yeah, of the last season, which is the same thing we said last offseason. So, like, every offseason, he's built this team up while also maintaining cap space. <laughs> yeah, so this was the, the best way I can, I guess, articulate it. Like, the, the way that I have thought about this offseason now was, for a while, it was, 
okay, look, like th- there is no Dabrinkit in free agency, right? There is no like, oh, you, you're going to go out and you're going to give a bag to somebody who is young and going to be a part of the core going forward and is going to be some top end 35 plus goal score. That was not out there in free agency. That was like super obtainable, right? Um, at, at least not for a cost that you were we were willing to to give out. So already going into free agency, the you can go back and listen to the you know free agencies tomorrow episode. We were like, yeah, like it's probably not going to be like as you know shocking. We're probably not going to bring in a bunch of huge names. It's probably going to be a lot of those like depth signings, you know, Andrew Cop level signings or lower. And that we were, we were right, huh? That's what it was. But th- again, that's what the, that's you have to play the hand that you are dealt in that in free agency. That's you know, trades is where you can be an aggressor. You can go, you can, you can, you know, people love to word use the word untouchable. It's not real. Like if if you have you know, Wayne Gretzky was traded. Like if you have <laughs> if if you have the assets, you can make any trade happen. And so um but in free agency, it was like, oh, they address depth. And that was something that we talked about, you know, the, the first episode back from uh, like after free agency, right, was like this team's depth got way better. And the top end talent didn't. So who knows how big of a step that is going to lead to this fall. But like at the end of the day, this team's depth took a pretty sizable, I don't want to say like substantial, but a pretty sizable step forward, right? Yeah. And the thing that they're still missing is just that top end really like game changing, put the puck in the back of the net type of player. And here it is. And yeah. so now the recap of your off season is no longer just, Oh, like the depth got better, but like, that's it. Now it's you added a 40 goal score to the top of your lines, obviously. Right. You add, you added a premier scoring talent in the NHL and everything underneath him got substantially better now because a just by adding a top end talent a lot of stuff is going to just get bumped down one but also you now because of what you did in free agency you signed 10 people a lot of which were improvements over what you had you now you, you spent money in free agency wisely to address depth when a, a, a premier top end talent wasn't available to just give a contract to in free agency, you made a very good trade and brought one in yourself. And now it's the stars align. You addressed everything depth better, top end talent better, goaltending better, playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and that leads me to my next question is like, where does this leave the Red Wings? You know, because let's be honest, this team still does need a lot to be a true Stanley Cup contender. Like you, you stated it yourself just earlier in this segment, like this team isn't at hoisting the Stanley Cup level yet. But to say that they're not in the mix for the playoffs, I think would be wrong. I mean, they were in the mix for the playoffs up until the trade deadline just about this past year. They didn't get eliminated until the final week of the season. They had 80 points. But I mean, are we, would it be crazy to say, I think 92 points got uh, the Panthers at the playoffs. You think it'd be crazy to say they could push 92 points this year? I think it's possible. I I think think that's ridiculous at all. I I think with the improved depth on defense and forward, and you're bringing in that top-tier goal-scoring talent, like you said, pushing everyone else kind of down in the lineup to a more comfortable spot, I I, I think that this 
it's so it's it is tough to tell with the, how hard this division is. I mean, you you got a stacked division. It's the biggest but factor. Yep. You got to start winning some of those games, and I think the Red Wings have a roster now that you know maybe isn't like. I don't know where Boston's going to be at. I can never tell. So we're going to have to wait and see. So I'm not going to even predict that. But, you know, like Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, who are still getting a little bit older, lost some pieces. You know, maybe it's possible that they start stealing some games from those teams and getting those points and competing with those guys. They already stole some from some of those teams you just listed last year, right? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you – Again, like you went into this offseason and now you're – well, I guess you're exiting the offseason rather with – did did the blue line improve its depth? Yes. Substantially. Yes. Like like big time substantially. The blue line it, the the top pairing is going to be the same, but the bottom four are significantly. I cannot stress enough how much better the bottom four are than last year. The forward core. You just added a 40 goal score to the top line, so that's quite a bit better. I I feel comfortable in saying. And then you also is lines two is the bottom nine better is lines two through four better yes like objectively yes you you got better you you brought in more players that fit your system you got you know confers obviously a big deal like you went through and and now not only is your bottom nine better lines two through four better your top pair is better your defense is better and you addressed backup goaltender which you literally just straight up didn't have one for the second half Mm-hmm. of last season like yeah. you, you improved across the board depth wise and now in july added something to t- to improve the top end talent as well i, I mean I, I feel like i'm just kind of talking in circles but like i cannot stress enough how everything was now addressed this offseason well and just put a cherry on top look at the war card the player card that jay fresh tweeted out once this trade had happened i mean he is a 92 percentile yeah projected war like that's that is where he's at top eight percent forward in the league and that's a three-year weighted average and you can do and to be fair again he did have a down year with ottawa only 27 goals Mm -hmm. um this past year ottawa was pretty banged up all year they never had their top six healthy all healthy at any given time They always suck until christmas they always suck until christmas the lockdown sends guys will say as much um but like you look here 74% 74% offense, obviously defense. He's he he is the player he is. He is a goal scorer, offense only type guy. That's what you're getting. He's a goal scorer. Yep. Not everyone's gonna be able to do everything. I don't even care about that. 91 91 percentile in that. power yeah. play, 93 percentile finishing, 97 percentile on penalties, which means he draws penalties, doesn't take them, which you're gonna hear me say again about Shane Ghost Despair in tomorrow's episode. You like he is a positive attribute on the ice in every given way except for even strength defense. But that's fine because, again, you're getting him to score goals. So let him do that. Let him cook. Again, you can see that, obviously, uh, the offense, defense, and finishing did go back down in 22-23, and people will say, well, that's because he's not playing with Patrick Kane. And, yes, there might be some truth to that. But to take all of what Alex DeBrink can do away from him because of – the f- who he played with is incredibly unfair to his God-given abilities. He is a talented goal scorer in his own right and can do so without Patrick Kane. And he's going to have to prove it this year, but I think he will. And if I hear one more person, Scotty, say, 
he's too small or his plus minus was terrible. Newsflash. Ottawa missed the playoffs too. Like their plus minus as a team wasn't great. And on top of that, to be a goal scorer in the NHL, you don't have to be six foot two. It helps, but you don't have to be. We've mentioned it on this podcast. You can be six foot, uh, you know, you can be five foot eight because Johnny Goudreau is foot five nine. Brad Marchand is five eight, I think. Like, you can have guys who are under six foot score a ton of goals. There are countless examples of guys who do it. I think Braden Point's done it. Maybe not 40, but in the 30 goal range as well. Like, there's countless examples of wingers who can go out there and score 30, 40 goals and not be huge. Because in the end, when you're scoring goals, it's about your shot deception, your agility, your hands. Like, things like that. Your vision, your hockey IQ. And also, Dabrinkit plays bigger than he is. I think it was Jim Costa that tweeted out, that in the last three years is like only three players or since 2007, I think he said, I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head since 2007, there's three players who have recorded 100 plus seasons while scoring 40 plus goals or 100 plus hit seasons while recording yeah. 40 plus goals. Alex Oveshkin, Steven Stamkos and Alex to bring it to bring it's five foot seven. And he's throwing his body around like he's six foot two. So like, I don't want to hear about his size. He does. Yes. Again, I will go back. He does have to prove he can do it without Patrick Kane. But yeah. I, so, I, yes. I have no doubt that he can. Yeah, obviously that's like a big thing people love to point to. Um, and like, I, I'm not trying to compare these two players. That's not what I'm doing. Okay. So everyone take a huge deep breath and let me continue talking. Calm down. But like, we do have a point per game center. Like that will, that is a playmaker first that will be on a line with him. Like, you understand you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's coming into a situation where there's just like, oh, no one moves the puck. You know, everyone's awful. No one knows how to – like, you're bringing in a playmaking first elite – you're putting him next to, rather, a playmaking first elite skater that at his best is a point-of-game player. Like, the, 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 the notion that he's just going to be, like, in this, like, barren wasteland, <laughs> like, uh, of – of, of talent and no one's going to be able to get him the give him the puck is preposterous. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I just think that he's going to be great. I really do. And he's my final thing is I know we're at 34 minutes already. My final thing is, I mean, I think this is a no brainer, but I want to hear what you think to first line winger Raymond bumped down to the second line. Cause I, I don't see Raymond and to playing on the same line. Uh, yeah. Who's going to play the other wing? David Perron. Okay, so your top line is... Because you want to know why I say David Perron. Perron is fantastic in the corners. For and you sure. need a guy who can get in the corners and start and generate the offense for your playmaker and your goal scorer. Raymond and Dabrinkit sure. on either side of Dylan Larkin isn't going to get that going. You need yeah, I mean, guys. I think a lot of it also has to do with... Um, I, I think, on it, like undoubtedly Debrinket and Larkin are at the top. Like that's very, that's very, calm down. That's very obvious, right? The, honestly, I think, I don't even know if it's a play style thing. Cause like if whatever, but like, I think Raymond's development this year, you need to calm down. <laughs> dude. I think Raymond's development this year is going to determine a lot. I mean, if, if, I don't know. There's an argument kind of both ways. Like I, but it might open up it the too. ice a little bit more for Raymond to be exactly. on that line. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it, it might 
like the biggest thing was him getting knocked off the puck and whatnot. Like it, it being on the top line with them might, might help him and might get some of the attention away from him and let him kind of cook. But in the same breath, if he's proving that he can score without being on that line, like if they do put him on, on, you know, second line, right side, and he then does take like the proverbial third year step forward. Uh, I mean, they might just keep him down there just to, you know, spread out the goal scoring a little bit, like what the like with what they did with Bertuzzi uh, last season. So I don't know. It, that's that's a debate. I'm sure they'll mess with the lines a ton when we get to uh, to you know camp and 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 summer hockey and whatnot. But oh golly, I it's exciting. I, I can't believe it, man. I like well, I just is, and, and again like. They didn't mortgage the future at all. Exactly. They literally still, like you said, still have a first rounder, the better first rounder in that same draft. They still have a fourth rounder in that same draft. And they didn't get rid of any of the big like blue chip prospects at all. <laughs> they have all, they have a pick in every round next, next year. They have all of their main, they got all their picks this year. They got to use them all. They have all of their best prospects. Didn't give up any core pieces. And they have Alex to bring it and still have $8 million in cap. Like it's just Iserman W man. Yeah. I, it It's like it, like I said, it just clicked, you know, it makes sense now and we're back, baby. We are back. We are back. Babe. I we're hope so we're back. Like, I hope we're back back. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope this is, this is, you know, this is, this is a, this is a hockey town move right here, man. I, I'm, Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I this is the most excited I've been for a hockey season in many many years. Um, yes, sir. I I think I don't know. I I don't want to just get like too outlandish and just like say a bunch of stuff and then you know two weeks from now I have to be like oh we kind of overreacted. But like I think now the I can guarantee you the mindset within the locker room is this, but I think it's very justified. I'll say for the fan base's reaction going into opening night being this should be a playoff team. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is you're right. Like our expectation should be wild card at the very yeah. minimum. Yeah. 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 No one's, no one's saying they're going to win the division or anything like that, but I think the the baseline expectation now is, is go make the playoffs, go be a wild card team. That's so nice to hear. How, last how year nice we were is like, that to hear, man? Last year we were talking like the goal was push for the playoffs until late, and they did. We freaked out for like two important games in Ottawa in February last year. Now we got a whole season of expectations. I'm kind of nervous, but like yeah. it's it's a good nervous that we, we haven't just, felt in a as, while. As long as Chris Illich doesn't get in front of any cameras and say the rebuild is X, we're good. It didn't work out last time he did that with the team that he owned. I'm not even sure Chris Illich knows when hockey season starts. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Too. Letting let Iserman cook, baby. Let oh, cook. Scotty, we'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday. New to you. We recorded it Sunday before the trade. Right. So <laughs> some of the news is a little bit outdated. Yeah. So at one point we go, oh, to bring it to those have been traded. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we also talk about how no one signed Pew Suter. So we also have to hope that Pew Suter doesn't sign by the time right. that episode comes Naturally, out. Naturally, he will so, at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we'll be back on Tuesday. Same time. Same place to your team. Alex to is a Red Wing all every, every day. day.